Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and social media conciliar. We're launching season 13 today, and Kristen Pahachik is back with advice for your 2022 marketing plan. Brought to you by Exalts, Northeast Color, and Ularity. Looking for the ultimate all-in-one technology solution for your digital marketing efforts? Meet Ularity, the world's most powerful and trusted local and national marketing platform. Finally, everything all in one place from ad creation, media buying, reporting, and automatic optimization. Their technology was created with the franchise owner in mind, and their software and service was built from learning how Fortune 500 brands operate this marketing stack. Using machine learning and automation, Ularity's state-of-the-art technology simplifies the complex world of developing and executing digital marketing programs, all for a flat and transparent subscription. Their team believes in your brand's mission and has the passion and technology to amplify, automate, and optimize it, giving you access to powerful marketing performance in the palm of your hands. Join some of the world's best brands with Ularity. Head over to Ularity.com to request a demo and talk to their awesome franchising team or email sales at Ularity.com. Mention code JACK, J-A-C-K, that's me, and get 50% off of your first month's subscription. Krista Pahacek is the Chief Growth Officer, I still love that title, at Massage Lux, and she's back again on Social Geek. Hey, Kristen, how are you? Hey, Jack, I am doing well. It's a snowy day here up in uh, the boondocks of Wisconsin, so <laughs> things are looking beautiful outside. How are you? Nice. Uh, it is uh, It is dry but chilly here in Chicago, so I think that's... Um, that's the forecast for the next two months or maybe three. You know, I was just looking back and I noticed, speaking of forecasting things, this is your third time kicking off the year with me on Social Geek Radio. We started doing this in 2020 and then 2021, and here we are in January of 22. So welcome back. Um, I know you've got uh, a lot of things you're looking at for the year. Um what's sort of the first thing that, that comes to mind when people are asking you what they should be looking at or what they should be worried about when it comes to marketing for the new year? Yeah, it's funny. It's my third time doing this with you, Jack. Thanks again for inviting me back. It's also probably the third time my first answer is exactly the same. <laughs> and that is that apparently maybe third-party cookies are going <laughs> away in 2023. So similar we just can't get rid of them, can we? <laughs> we cannot, um, which, you know, honestly, I'm not that mad about. But um, I think 2023 is going to be the year in which third-party cookies go away. We're struggling a little bit to figure out what exactly that means, even after three years of announcements. So um, that's kind of first on my list is how do we start to prepare or in my case, continue to prepare for this to go away? It's going to so be So what have you been doing so far to prepare? Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I'd say is that I am trying not to freak out because I feel as though <laughs> whenever we, 
whenever we hear about these big changes on Google or on Facebook, everyone's first inclination is, oh my gosh, like we have to change everything. And then we quickly realize like, no, we really don't. Yes, it may impact us a little bit, but it's going to be okay. So um, I think, you know, approach with a level head. But I also do think that we have to be a little bit more creative around how we are targeting on uh, digital advertising. And I think that this really elevates the need for a stronger CRM in businesses. And if I had to guess, I'd say CRM is going to be the thing that a lot of companies focus on this year, just in case things go a little haywire with the third-party cookie removal. And we need to kind of mitigate um, some of that impact via CRM. I think this really is going to hit franchising harder than probably any other industry because, um, you know, besides just, you know, the situation with the cookies, there's so many restrictions that were, that we've been looking at for the past couple of years. And I still talk to brands here and there that I ask them, you know, how's your first party data looking, you know, what, yeah. what's your, what's your database look like these days? And I still hear answers like, um, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, I think it's okay. I'm not really sure. Haven't looked at it in a while. And when I start hearing those answers, I'm like, Ooh, Kristen would not, would not like hearing from these people. So what can people do if they don't have their act together when it comes to this database? What should they do to start? Should they should they look at their CRM first and get that in shape before they start collecting data? Or do they need to get out there and, and, and find some data? Where do they even start? Yeah. Uh, well, in my opinion, get the data as soon as you can. A uh, solid CRM strategy takes a long time to build and create, right? Yeah. Um, and so I would not wait to have the perfect CRM strategy with synchronized emails and um, you know text messages going out at every key point in your journey. I would get as much first-party data as you can right now. A great way to do that is through gated content. You'll start to see a lot more. Download this white paper. Give us your email quick though. Um, type content because that's a great, easy way to start to collect and build that database for your business. I think we're more likely to get that data than we were even five or six years ago when people started um, freaking out about handing over their their email address or other or their phone number or something like that. Do you feel like most consumers and and even in the B2B world, people already know that most of these companies already have my email address. So if if the if there's value to be had, I don't mm-hmm. mind handing over that information. Are you feeling that way too? I do feel that way. And I think you hit a really key point. Is there value to be had? So when it is time to start to build that CRM, not just about pushing a coupon every five seconds. It's about <laughs> creating content um, that people are going to like to see and to pair promotions that people will want to see alongside that. So I think that's a really key point. And maybe this will get us into a little bit more conversation on content strategy, but what types of content are out there that you see, especially in the franchise world, people sharing that other people actually find valuable? 
Yeah. You know, in the franchise space, I think it has to be a blend as to what is happening at the national level and what is happening at the local level. You know this, Jack, but I'm a big fan of hybrid approach to content, as are you too, from from our previous talks. But I think there's a level of industry knowledge and expertise and brand building content that's super important. But at the franchise level, I mean, that's where the people are, right? So in my business, for example, we don't know the massage therapists in each of our locations or the front desk staff or the estheticians. And it's so crucial to be able to share that local uh, community feel Mm. with your prospective customers. And so you have to find a way to marry up what the franchisee knows about that community and about their location alongside what the franchisor knows about the brand and the industry. Yeah, we've said for so many years, franchising is all about local and and especially local content. So um, we still see a lot of brands out there kind of pushing out the same message, regardless of uh, if if they're in snowy northern Wisconsin or the franchisee (laughs) is in San Diego, they're getting the same images and the same messages. And and it's like uh, somebody might want to take a look at this on the local level. Exactly. Exactly. And the hard part about that is franchisees are busy, right? So how do you make that as easy as possible for them so that in their day-to-day, they, you know, it's a routine, right? It's not something yeah. that they need to think that hard about. You know, harder than ordering an Uber. Anything, I think that's sort of our level of how complicated can something be right now. If it's harder <laughs> than getting a car, I, I don't want to touch it. If it's easier yeah. than getting a car, I'm in. Yeah, I think that's great. Yes. So you need to ask yourself when you're asking the franchisees to do something, is it harder than ordering an Uber? If so, (laughs) figure out how to make it easier. Yeah, because if it's harder, guess what? They're just not going to do it. So um, (laughs) so making it simple is is a a key point to um, any content strategy right now. Um, What else are you looking at when it comes to uh, the the content, especially on the social media side, but any other type of content that, that we're doing locally? Well, I think another key thing that we're going to see in 2022 is the need to diversify a little bit in regard to content and maybe even in regard to social media. So um, a lot of what I've been reading about is you know, gone are the days where you can put out the same Facebook post on your newsfeed, on your Facebook story, on your Instagram story, on your Instagram feed, on your TikTok channel, whatever you got, right? Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to start to be a little bit more creative about what you put out on each channel. And unfortunately, that goes back to, to the Uber thing. It's a little bit harder than just ordering an Uber, right? It takes a lot of time. Um, but I think that it's going to become even more necessary uh, as we start to think about how can we, you know, get outside of that box that we've been living in for three years where we're just kind of becoming routine and stale. Yeah. Are you looking at a lot of new channels? Um, you, you know, we talk a lot about TikTok and and yeah. I'm I'm always beating the drum about, you know, getting into podcasts, even on, on a local level. Is there anything else out there that, um, that brands are not doing and their franchisees are not doing that, they should, they should at least take a look at this year. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I try to look at everything, right? So um, whether that be content through influencer marketing or podcasts or new and emerging social media platforms, I will tell you personally, I am very careful 
to jump on something new because as an emerging franchise, we have limited resources mm, and right. I don't want to send the team marching down a path that doesn't prove to be successful. I like to have the bigger brands with bigger budgets march down that path first, and then I'll gauge whether or not I think it makes sense for our team. But um, with that too, I would say you can be conservative and cautious but you don't want to be completely risk adverse. And I was reading this really cool approach to how you market plan um, in 2022. And it's called the 70, 20, 10 approach. And I, it, it rang true for me. It basically says, Hey, listen, 70% of our resources and our time, we're going to focus on things that we already are going to know. We already know work for our business, right? Facebook ads, Google ads, mm-hmm. Facebook posts. Like those are things we know work 20% of the time we're going to push the boundaries a little bit, right? So maybe we're going to do something that's working for our competitors, but we don't know yet that it works for us. A good example for us would be like Instagram stories. We dabble in Instagram stories. We'll put a couple of stories out here and there, but it is not essential to our marketing strategy, even though there are other franchisors in the space where Instagram stories, you know, is working really well in regard to retention and engagement strategy. Um, And then the remaining 10% is like total risk taking, right? Like, yeah, we don't really know if TikTok's going to work for us. It really hasn't, from what we've heard, worked for other franchisors in our space, but we're going to go out and we're going to try it. And it's going to be 10% um, of our resources in regard to time and budget because it's something new, right? Yeah. So I, I like that approach. Yeah, I like that ratio too, especially the 10% of, you know, sort of crazy experimental stuff because it could totally fall flat, not work, and you lost 10% of of your time and resources. You still have 90% covered, right? So you still have your core business covered and even sort of that growth area. Um, I I like this approach. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a portfolio or you know what yeah. you would want to see in a in a 401k where we've got sort of our conservative um, resources uh, invested over here we've got a growth area over here and then we've got something that could be a game changer but we're not going to go all in on it quite yet yeah you know it's interesting too as i'm talking about it i'm like gosh you could almost form a marketing plan in kind of this format too, to make sure that you stick to it. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. You could even put that on a calendar, right? Yeah. Like, like how many hours of my month am I devoting to the 70% versus the 20 or the 10? So yeah, that, Ooh, that's an interesting idea. I like that. I like it too. There are times where I think about what works in our marketing and I get really nervous because I do feel like we have so many eggs in particular baskets. And if one of those baskets shuts down or goes away or becomes ineffective, I don't want to be caught with our hands in our pockets wondering what's next, right? So that 10%, that 20%, that's really important. Back in a moment after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. We've talked a bit about um, TikTok and some other platforms and types of content, but it feels like video is um, uh, is not just here to stay, but it, it's probably the only thing that matters within a short amount of time. I agree with you. I think video is huge as we enter into 2022, as it has been, by the way. But franchising has been a little bit slow to adopt video. So although there's been a lot of buzz around video for the last five years, as it relates to marketing in general, still looking around the franchise space, my business including, and saying, hmm, where's the video? (laughs) Um, Well, you're talking to somebody who runs a network of audio podcasts. So yeah, I'm I'm right there too. But, you know, getting into video, even even if it's not something that you're comfortable with or you have experience in or you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment any of us can can you know at least stick our toe in for a little bit right well yeah i think the problem is we're all perfectionists we all have very high (laughs) standards and maybe we need to uh lower those standards a little bit as it relates to video especially on social media and yeah yeah. uh, you know teach our franchisees it's okay to pull out your phone and to film something doesn't have to be perfect and perhaps that authenticity that comes with an imperfect video um, helps to build consumer trust right especially in a small business yeah let's talk a little bit about that what do you recommend that a franchisee should do is it is it more behind the scenes stuff? Cause I love that. Right. When I, when I can see, you know, Absolutely. who's working at a place or, you know, that, that they're actually um, em- employing real people in my community. It isn't just, you know, some kiosk that's automated. Um, yep. What else are you recommending that, that people actually shoot and share? Yeah. So first my recommendation is actually towards the franchisor. Don't tell the franchise to do video, but then not tell them what type of video or what idea to enable because they don't have time to sit there and be like, what video should I shoot today? So give them a list or a calendar of the videos you want to see from them. It's as simple as saying, take a massage therapist, put them in front of the massage luck sign and ask them to show a stretch that's going to help improve neck mobility right? Mm. Or something Mm. like that. And that all literally all they have to do is read what's on the calendar and hold the phone in their hand, right? Um, So answer all the questions for that franchisee. I would even argue, you know, tell that franchisee, this doesn't necessarily have to be you who's creating that content. Nominate a social media captain in your spa or in your location to be the person who's responsible for reading what's on the calendar and holding the phone as somebody else follows those directions. Yeah, especially if maybe the franchisee or whoever is running the location, maybe they're not that comfortable with it. Maybe this isn't their calling, right? Um, So instead of forcing themselves to do something like that, maybe they could have somebody on the team who would love to be the face and the voice of the location. And, and maybe it's somebody who the customers actually interact with more than the franchisee. And, and that's even better. If you have somebody like that on your team right now, wow, that's a gold mine right there. Yeah. I, um, in a previous business worked with a franchisee who owned multiple locations and they ran a contest where they had each of their staff members produce a piece of social media content 
most of that was video and whatever piece got the most impressions, um, they ended up winning a trip. And wow. so it wow. motivated. Yeah. Yeah. It motivated, um, the, the service providers in that business to really think about the content that they were creating, um, to, you know, of course, publish it to the brand page, but then share it with their friends and family and really rally behind getting as many impressions as possible in an organic sense for that post so that they could be rewarded for that. So I really like that idea too. You got to think out of the box there a little bit. Yeah. And I love how that falls in line with the biggest challenge that I hear from every franchisor and franchisee right now. And that's staffing. And what yeah. are we going to do to keep our best people? What are we going to do to attract uh, someone to fill all of these openings that we have right now. And if you're doing something like that, where it isn't just a job, it's, it's, you know, sort of part of that culture and, you know, we do fun stuff here and we do important stuff here, right? We, we take good care of our customers, but while we're doing it, we, we do, you know, these things behind the scenes. And that's why everyone here loves working with us. I think that could go a lot further for a lot of people than an extra 75 cents an hour or, you know, whatever the, the competitive situation is in, in whatever market. I love it. I think that that's a really good point. Let's talk a little bit more about doing good things within a brand and, um, you know, doing important work, which I think so many of the brands that you and I talk to all the time, they do important work. They're, they're helping people yeah. through whatever challenges, um, along with, you know, creating a, a, a great workplace and, and that kind of thing. Let's talk a little bit about social responsibility. Yeah, it's interesting. As we started to talk about what the trends were for 2022, social responsibility was something that, you know, immediately struck me as something that's going to be really important as we move into the new year. I think that the pandemic influenced people's conscience a little bit or like their their want to do good. Um, and we hear this in regard to like the great resignation, right? People are like, oh, yeah. I realize that my happiness is the most important thing. And I want to be um, somebody that I'm proud of, right? And as a result, they're not going to work in a job they hate. Well, I also yeah. think they're not going to work with companies that don't do good. Um, so it's, it's so interesting to see that mindset shift. Um, but a lot of what I've seen and a lot of what I've read is indicating that it's happening, which means brands need to figure out their purpose, right? And what they're going to do to positively impact society. And they need to share that with everybody on the team, because I'm guessing so many small businesses out there, if you ask most of the people working in the shop or in whatever location, you know, what's the purpose of this business? They would, they would probably have no idea what to say. Um, or, or the answer would be, well, it's, it's to make money. So I have a paycheck. Right. Um, and, and, you know, something that's not too inspired would probably be the answer for most people. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think for some businesses too, it's a little bit hard to get around that purpose. Like, um, you know, if you're a, a fast food provider, right. You're like, well, um, you know, it's, it's maybe not healthy food, depending on what food you're selling. But maybe it's instead happiness and giving back to the community and right. you raise a good point in that this doesn't mean you have to write a check for a million dollars and donate it at the franchise door level to a, a national cost, right? This means sponsoring the local 5K and 
you know, putting something in the charity auction and showing up at the parade, right? It's giving back to the community that surrounds you at the local level that arguably is going to have the most impact, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that franchising could really lead the world in, right? Yeah. Because because unlike a, you know, global software company or e-commerce company or something like that, franchises actually have people and uh, locations and and a team in place in all of these little cities. You know, <laughs> again, whether you're in northern Wisconsin or southern California, um, you've got people in place that could do things like um, like you were talking about with with you know sponsoring a local race or something like that. I, I think back to when I was a kid, it feels like small businesses had this figured out with um, sponsoring little league teams, right? Yeah. And, and um, you know, basketball teams and things like that, to, to, depending upon what part of the country you grew up in. Um, it feels like franchises could actually get back to that, you know, uh, promoting the little league team or, or you know, some other um, uh, thing that's probably surrounding families and kids. Yeah, you're exactly right. So um, again, you know, you just, the franchisees, I mean, that puts a lot of responsibility on them, right? To say, okay, look at your community. What are you going to sponsor? How are you going to do it? What is your booth going to look like? What are your trinkets that you're going to hand out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. These, these folks aren't marketers. So um, you know, that it's up to the franchisor to make it as plug and play as possible. What are some potential things they could look at sponsoring when they sponsor? What does that mean for them? What could they give out at those events? What should they say? Give them some scripts. Um, and so it's really the franchisor that has to set the stage for how to bring that all to life. Is there value in sharing those local stories on a national level and and, and I think sometimes people see that, well, you know, just because, you know, you're doing this 5K race in the suburbs of Chicago, that's something that isn't that interesting to the rest of the country. So we want to find something better for them. But I, I think I disagree with that. I, th I think I'd I rather share that on a national level and, and let people see a little glimpse into all of these neighborhoods and suburbs. I'm glad I don't have to publicly disagree with you on your podcast, Jack, because I'm 1000% <laughs> in your corner on that. I think that um, as franchisors, we all have to do a better job of sharing the local content that we are encouraging our franchisees to post. Um, and I do believe that even if that sponsorship is happening in Chicago, the main message that the consumer is seeing is that Massage Lux gives back and that's what they're going to walk away with. They're not going to hold on to in which city. Yeah. And I think too, that could inspire the franchisees who are a thousand miles away to say, exactly. Hey, wait a minute, we've got a 5k race coming up here in a few months, or, or maybe we should start one or, you know, something like that. I think. Or that, maybe they're participating, but they aren't posting about it. And yeah. if they want to be shared by corporate or by the franchisor, then they better start to post about it. Right. Yeah. So and how often does that happen? Right. Like we're actually no. doing that here in, in you, Maple Park, Illinois. Why, why, why aren't you guys sharing it? And then of course, you know, the, the marketing team says, you know, for crying out loud, send us your stuff, right. We, yeah. we want to share that. So, yeah, I love the idea of, of, you know, maybe taking some 
franchisees who are definitely the leaders in the system who've been doing this a while and and sort of showing the newer franchisees this is how this works well on a very local level yep i completely agree with you um so yeah i think it's important and you know uh, the reality is a lot of the franchisees likely aren't looking at the corporate facebook page in regard to which posts are being shared so I do think it's important to then recap it in an email or some sort of communication to the franchisees. Like, look at what Michigan's doing. They're doing yeah. so great. Right. Yeah. I, I think too, in getting back to the staffing challenges, this is something else that um, maybe a few years ago, we would not have thought of as part of the, you know, being the workplace of choice, but showing that you do have these, these concerns and you're, you're helping either a, a cause or you're helping, you know, the entire world or you're helping your neighborhood and community. I think that's something that people are looking for when they're, when they're making a choice between maybe two positions. Am I going to go work yeah. at this place or that place? Well, you know, the money's about the same, right? The hours are about the same, um, but maybe doing some sort of social good is something that could actually tip the scales in your favor when it comes to attracting those employees who, by the way, if, if they're into that and they find your core values and what you believe in to be important, then that's going to be the best employee that you could ever find. 1000%. Uh, oh, wow. Well, maybe I'll choose the brand that has a photo on their Instagram of all of the people who work that company, you know, helping out with the local pet adoption event. Like, yeah, yeah I want to hang dogs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and by the way, if you're doing anything with pet adoption, dogs, cats, birds, whatever, if you're doing anything on earth or any of your franchisees <laughs> are doing anything with animals and you haven't been sharing that across every social media channel, you are missing out. That's all anyone cares about, right? Dogs so, and babies. <laughs> dogs and babies. Dogs and babies. And, and, and yeah. I think that covered at least our 90% of our ratio here. So um, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to kind of come back to where we started today, Kristen, was talking about digital advertising and yeah. you know, sort of where that's going. And um, it's not getting easier. We, we talked about that a little bit, uh, a little bit ago, but let's talk about that ad spend and what we're going to do, um, especially with the giants in, in making that ad spend uh, give us a good return in 2022. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's getting more complex, if you can believe it. Um, I, you know, as we start to look at attribution and creative optimization and targeting restrictions, privacy policy, all that stuff is making this space super complicated. And what once used to be, yeah, I can boost a post for $100 and, and see a return is now, nope, I need to be in ads manager all day long. Yeah. Trying to configure these ads to do the best that they can. The other thing that I think is really important is that in franchising, it's not a one size fits all approach. At least that's what I'm quickly realizing, right? Um, just because targeting and the creative and what we're doing works really well in St. Louis, Missouri, there are areas in the country where it doesn't work well. 
at all. And you got to kind of figure out what is unique about that market um, in order to have success in digital advertising in that market. That's a, a probably a good place for us to wrap the show today. But one last question, Kristen, if people um, really don't have their hands around this yet, and they look at digital advertising as something that, you know, oh my God, where am I even going to start? Um, yeah. What's sort of the first step or, or what should they map out first? Is it, is it their budget? Is it, um, you know, kind of figuring out where they want to uh, spend their resources or where, where do you recommend someone starts? Yeah. I mean, if you really don't know where to start and you don't know what you're doing, the best thing you can do is partner with a good agency that's going to help you determine what you need to do and how you need to approach the space because every space is going to be different. Um, For example, if you're offering a service that people are searching for, your spend distribution across Google and social media is going to be very different than if you are offering a service or a product that people don't necessarily search for, right? Um, So it's really important to bring somebody in, whether you hire them or partner with an agency that understands how to stand up the distribution strategy in between these platforms before you start to get at Hey, what does the creative look like? What's the targeting look like? I mean, you got to start at the very top. Yeah. And as we're talking right now, I'm realizing that, um, you know, with all of the changes and the great resignation and all of the new job opportunities out there, there are probably a lot of um, marketing executives that are literally starting a new job today. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So first of all, congratulations, everybody. Uh, But secondly, (laughs) if, um, if you have further questions for us, or maybe there's a topic you would like us to come back and, and revisit here on the podcast in, in the near future, please let us know. Drop us a comment. Shoot me a, a, a DM. Um, Kristen, if people have questions for you or, or want to find out a little bit more about Massage Lux, where's the best place to reach you? Yep. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kristen with the 10. T-E-N, um, and then Pahachik, P-E-C-H-A-C-E-K. Excellent. We'll have a link to that in today's show notes so people can find you easily. Thank you so much for coming back for uh, kicking off um, our year once again. And uh, we will talk to you again very soon, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. Take care. Before we go, a quick word from today's sponsor, Exults. Creating solutions and driving results for over 15 years, Exults is founded on the foundation of driving results. Recent demand has picked up in the digital human resources and recruiting space, and Exults is driving qualified candidates to clients. Exults also drives digital public relations online, allowing your franchise to control the conversation related to your brand. Learn more at exalts.com. Exalts, driving leads, driving results. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.